Real stories, reliable information, the latest technology and news. Welcome to the Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. Hello, listeners. Well, I'm here today. I'm actually in Calgary and I'm here with Dr. Wayne Perron. And if you recognize the name, it's because it's actually Dr. Justin Perron's dad. So I'm absolutely stoked and over the moon to be here today. And I'm just going to have a, a bit of a chat with him about well, his career as a plastic surgeon. And also just recently he presented at ISAPS in Miami. So we're going to have a bit of a chat about that as well. So welcome, Dr. Perron. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, lovely to meet you. So tell me, you've been a plastic surgeon for how long? Uh, since 1978. So I would have been about 14. So, oh, wow, nearly 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, amazing. Well, your premises here are great. Like I'm, I'm totally blown away. And you do do lots of surgeries here. Is that right? That's correct. Can you tell us a bit about that? Because like, I, I mean, of course, I want to have a facelift at some point. And I noticed that you do it in-house. And um, in Australia, we have all these regulations, and then we have no regulations. So how does it work here that you can actually have a little surgery here? Well, you can create, depending upon what you want to do, determines the complexity of, the, um, of your surgical setup in a non-hospital surgical facility. So we are classified as a non-hospital surgical facility. Uh, we have to be approved by the um, College of Physicians and Surgeons of the province. Uh, they have to approve um, of what procedures you do in a facility like this and what you're set up to do. So basically, um, we do um, all aspects of, um, of um, aesthetic surgery uh, with patients asleep. Um, some patients are under spinal anesthesia, or some people will be more familiar um, with that as an epidural uh, during childbirth. A spinal anesthesia, very similar. Um, and general anesthesia, so um, local anesthesia with sedation, uh, spinal anesthesia, general anesthesia, that's the um, mode of um, anesthesia that we use, and that determines uh, what we can do here. Okay, and from what I've gathered, because I've done a little bit of research, so you do quite a bit of facial surgery, is is that right? Is that your main component, or, or not really? It, no, it's, it's one of our main components. It, it, it depends what age group you're with. Mm-hmm. Um, every age group has their um, pet procedure that um, we do for that age group. And um, facelifts are certainly one of our mainstays here. We do a lot of facelifts um, every weekly, daily. We did three actually this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not uncommon for us. Um, so that's in for people in their late 40s, 50s, and 60s. We'll do uh, facelift surgery, um, uh, tummy tucks for women who finished having children um, in their 30s or 40s, and breast augmentation for people in their early 20s up to, say, 50. So it all depends upon the, the, the age of the person really is determined by, um, determines what procedure category they usually go into. And like I said, you know, anybody over the age of 45, 50 will probably have facial surgery. Mm-hmm. And is all of, are your, all of your surgeries done here or do, uh, like, or what about if someone has to spend overnight in hospital or everything's done here? Everything is done here. It's all done as day surgery. We, we keep nobody overnight um, on, for a good reason. Um, we, we want them up and about. That will eliminate a lot of complications with blood clots in your legs, say, for instance. Um, it has to be done safely, but we don't want people overnight here just for that specific region. We want them mobile. And tell me, so 
How does it work here with the health system? Like, do you have to have private health or, or a, a, like, is it, like in Australia, there are certain Medicare rebates for certain procedures, of course, not something like a facelift, but is it the same here in, in Calgary or Canada? Yeah, sim- similar, very similar, yes. You can get, um, if you're having private surgery, aesthetic surgery, you have it here. Um, but we also take off um, skin cancers off of people here, uh, small little procedures of that nature. Uh, we can do those under under health insurance coverage. Right. And you just recently spoke at ISAPS. Can you tell us what, you're, what you spoke about? Yes, I, I'd love to. Um, I was invited by ISAPS to speak on my technique of facelift that I've developed over the past uh, number of years. And I was on what they call a master's panel um, with um, 10 other plastic surgeons from all over the world. And we discussed our different techniques um, of how we do things. So what makes your facelift so... Great. Like, why, should, like, I want to come to you a facelift. Why, why do I want to come to you for a facelift? <laughs> well, yeah, there are a couple of things. I mean, facelift, um, the facelift procedure itself, the basics is well established. Um, what the operation um, entails is um, um, doing surgery on the skin and doing surgery on the under skin procedure, under skin structures. And we all have, as plastic surgeons, we all have our pet ways of doing things and some of us are more innovative than others and we try different things because we're frustrated at our results with the way a certain procedure is done and for me it was longevity um i wasn't all that happy with um with the um um, longevity of the results um and i thought i could do better if i altered the procedure and over the past few years i've done that and it's given me longer results more natural looking results you don't have that pulled look mm-hmm. but you have a um uh, an improvement in your face that more reflects your age you're not trying to take an 80 year old face and make them look 50 because chances are they're going to look as though they're in a wind tunnel yeah right. yeah because yeah, i've noticed that over this time that's definitely something that's actually changed um the fact that like or what I've really noticed as a standout as a consumer and going to conferences is the fact that I love it when um, like you learn something one way, but then as you go and keep doing what you're doing, you discover a better way to get a better outcome for what you're doing. And I, and I love that about plastic surgery. It's about kind of evolving all the time. And I guess that's what those conferences are all about, like learning, learning new techniques from other plastic surgeons. That's right, isn't it? That's right. That's right. And you adapt. You adapt your technique and your abilities to whatever you think that will work that will make that procedure better for that person mm. and did, did you find that like just going to ISAP did you find that you came back from that thinking oh I might even you know did you learn anything yourself as well like I mean you've been doing plastic surgery for 40 years how much more can you learn that's right that's right well you're, you're constantly evolving mm. um, when I go to um, um, uh, a conference like ISAP's Oftentimes I come back with a good feeling because I know what I'm doing is um, the best, I think, in, in a lot of aspects of what can be done to a facelift. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of techniques that um, people have tried and they haven't worked as well as other procedures, but um, I'm pretty happy with the state of procedure that I do now in lots of ways. I don't know how, I don't know how it could be improved. Mm. It um, just evolves so that it's a very acceptable result. Yeah, no, that's great. So now I'm going to ask you about your son. So I was like, I noticed one of the other plastic surgeons in Australia put a photo up a few weeks ago on Instagram and he, it was a weekend and he was going to do the runs in the hospital and he had his little boy holding his hand. He was taking him with him to do the hospital runs. So, um, of course, 
I mean, I, as a father, as a parent, you'd be proud of, you know, your children, especially when they want to do what you do, especially if it's something so honourable as what you're doing as well. So tell us about when Lynn Dustin was growing up. Like, did he used to come out with you on the rounds? Like, how did he get his desire to want to be a plastic surgeon? It must have been he wanted to be like his dad. Well, I mean, I did bring him, I did bring him to the hospital and he did sit down with the nurses and they would do colouring and games while I'm um, seeing patients. He was exposed to to that type of work that I was doing at that time, but I don't think his exposure alone um, influenced him to do that. There were many other things as well. Um, he's a very creative and artistic person. Uh, I think you have to have creativity and artistic ability when you're doing aesthetic surgery. Uh, he has that inherently. He's a wonderful artist. Um, he does beautiful uh, ink um, and paper drawings. He um, uh, he's very good at what he does, and I think that's reflective of where he wanted what he wanted to use when he um, decided what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. He wanted to use his, use his artistic abilities to the best of his um, uh, to the best of his abilities, and he certainly got that. That's so funny. He's so humble too, because I never actually knew that. But I know, I know that um, doing plastic surgery, you know, it is like being an artist. There's no doubt about it. And a lot of plastic surgeons are really good at art, so it kind of is a natural progression, I guess. I think so. I think so. It, you always look for um, the artistic way of improving something, mm-hmm. not just doing something to be done. You want to make sure you use it the best artistic um, procedure that you can to give a good result. Yeah. Were you proud when you found out he wanted to be a plastic surgeon? Oh, yeah, I was very proud. I bet you were. The um, My only disappointment is that he decided to stay in Australia. <laughs> Good for us. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Yeah, no, I was I was hoping he'd come back to Canada, um, but um, he loves it down there, so I hope he does continues to do well. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, he's doing a great job down there. He's got a lot, a lot of fans and people that really love what he does. So yeah, awesome. Well, I've got to say thank you so much for taking the time to have this chat with me today. I really, really enjoyed it. It's been absolutely actually just walking through your your place has just been mind-blogging. I love the fact that you did the surgery here. It just makes, you know, I really like that and the fact that it's all, you know, sterile and you've got the best view that you could have doing surgery. Well, you know, we live here. I live here um, in my office. If I live here eight hours a day for five days a week, that's 40 hours a week. That's a lot in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So for myself and for everybody that works here, I think it's very important that, you live and work in an area that you like to be at. All my staff love coming to work mm-hmm. because they've got a beautiful area to work in. They've mm-hmm. got a, um, um, a patient, a patient, a type of patient that's very appreciative of what the of the um, of the procedures that we do here. So, I think it's imp- it's very important for patients and for staff and for myself to feel comfortable when they come to work, and they, it's nice to come to a place that you want to be in. So true. And just, actually, I should have mentioned before, but you do the whole gamut of non-surgical stuff as well. I know you mentioned before about the lasers and, and non-surgical injectables. So can you just give us a little quick little rundown of the other mm-hmm. services that you offer here that are not plastic surgery? Sure. Um, there's the, there is the plastic surgery um, side of things, which is surgery, mm-hmm. and there's the non-surgical um, aesthetic stuff, um, and that's the Botox, the neuromodulators, we call them and the fillers, and the peels, and the lasers, and all those external procedures that we do in association with surgery that some people need to um, just give them the best look that they can. Uh, 
some people don't need surgery. Some people just need non-surgical procedures done, um, the injections, um, and that's good. And there's some people that are not candidates for um, for injections and lasers and and uh, other things. So those are the type of people that we do surgery first, and then if they want to continue with other things or need other things that are non-surgical, then they're linked to that. Mm-hmm. So it's like like I, I like the idea of the fact that I could come here and have my chemical peels, have my Botox, have my fillers or whatever I mm-hmm. want to have done, have a bit of laser and then mm-hmm. if I decide in you know, five years time, or, I mean I built up a relationship with the clinic for a start and then if I decide I want to have surgery, of course I'm going to come somewhere that you know, I feel comfortable and you know, I'm going to be here and actually have it done here as well, which I think is a, a great bonus. I love that. Well, there's, yeah, there's lots of patients that come here and once they come here and they realize that they're sitting in a, in a quiet, comfortable atmosphere, um, they, they're not afraid to come here. Mm. Um, when they come here, they're they're content, they're happy um, that they're here, and that's why you know that's the way you want to keep it. And if you can keep a person happy by having one stop where that person goes for their non-surgery and their surgery and their post-surgery treatments, uh, it makes it so much easier for patients and so much easier for staff. Mm. You're not bouncing around from facility to facility, of right? Of course. And and it looks like the parking's easy. It's mm. easy to get to. Kind of tucked away, and because you're up high. And you can see out the windows and nobody can see in. That's right. I like it. That's I right. like it a lot. That's right. Well, thank you so much for, ta- for taking the time to talk to me today. I really, really appreciate it. A pleasure. My Lovely. pleasure. So, listeners, if you are in Calgary or if you're traveling to Calgary, if you want to go on a bit of a vacay, I definitely recommend coming and checking out um, Dr. Wayne Perron's clinic here in Calgary on 24th Avenue. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. The material provided in this podcast is general information and does not constitute medical advice, nor is it a substitute for consultation and advice from your own practitioner. It should not be used to diagnose or treat any medical illness. Any medical or surgical decision should be made in consultation with your own doctor or practitioner and not based on the materials provided in this podcast.